Ogumbawale for the win. Welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard McDowell. Reminding you, you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownWBB. Make sure you're listening to all of our terrific shows, whether it's from Dave Ibrahim, Eric Ayala, you name it. Subscribe, rate, and review Lockdown Women's Basketball. Lockdown Women's Basketball is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on almost all your sports action, whether football is over, but NBA, college basketball for men, and NHL are in full swing. Make sure you reach out to betonline.ag and let them know you'd like women's basketball to be part of their lines as well. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Go to betonline.ag, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and let them know you'd like some women's sports action as well. I'm here today to talk to you about Shanae Adwumake. Why Shanae? Well, a pair of Adwumakes re-signed officially with the Los Angeles Sparks this week. I think there is a general understanding at this point of how good Neka Adwumake has been. She won an MVP. She has been a leader of that team. And in Neka's conversation with the media, she spoke with her usual calm presence about leading. But she also talked a little bit about Shanae, and I think it's important that we don't lose sight of what Shanae is on the court. Shanae Aguimake obviously is best known these days for her work on ESPN, where she's become an on-camera star. Her ESPN radio show is very popular with Mike Gola Jr. as well. And she's obviously going to have a long and successful career in broadcasting as long as she sees fit. But Sinead Wumke is an incredibly talented basketball player. There are many who believe, coming out of school, that Sinead Wumke was going to be the better of the two prospects among the two Adwumake sisters, and I say two, of course, <laughs> let's not forget Erica, who was also very talented and I wish would have gotten a chance to play last year. Sinead, however, has been a star every chance she's had an opportunity. She was drafted first overall by the Connecticut Sun and as a rookie made 53.7% of her shots. 15.5 points per day, made an all-star team. Injuries kept her out in 2015. She's back in 2016. Once again, the focal point of that attack, field goal percentage, 58.7%. Injury robbed her of 2017. She's back in 2018. Started 31 games. Made another all-star team. 60% of her shots went down. Just to put it in context, to give you a little bit more of a sense of it. She is the active fourth-ranked leader in offensive rating at 116.9. And that would make for the fifth-best offensive rating of any WNBA player ever. Ever. 
terrific defensive player, extremely efficient, continues to expand her shot. I was lucky enough to be present covering the game when she made her first three, but it's something she's very comfortable with. Doesn't turn the ball over much, 12.7% career turnover percentage. Huge shout out to Basketball Reference for all this information. Offensive rebounder among the best. Is the second active leader in offensive rebounding percentage. A shot blocker. You know, a true star on both ends. Now, what's going to allow her to be great? Ask her sister. Here's the quote. She's a household name in terms of what she does off the court. When she's in that space of enjoying herself, that is when she is at her best. I'm looking forward to building milestones with my sister. Nakagwomake was obviously a key focus for Derek Fisher and the L.A. Sparks, without question. Without question. She was cored. That was necessary. We did it. We did all of those things. Okay. Shanae Adwumake, in a year where, yes, there is Amanda Zowie B. Yes, after Eurobasket, the hope for the Sparks is to get Maria Vadeva back. Very talented. Very talented. But Neka and Shanae playing next to one another the way they did in Stanford is fun. It's a good story. All of that. They are both dramatically different and improved players over what they were in college. We're just saying something, but they've both worked tirelessly on their games. So Shanae Adwomake is who we're going to hear from today. we start out with that conversation. But Shanae Adwomake is somebody you need to keep an eye on, not just because she is a compelling media presence, but very simply because Shanae Adwomake has a chance to be very special on the court. I'm Howard Meddahl. This is Locked On Women's Basketball. Okay, great. We're going to get started. Thank you so much, media, for joining today. We are live on the LA Sparks Twitter for those tuning in remote. We are so excited as an organization to welcome back Janae Gumake, um, and we introduce her to all our local national media this morning. Uh, we're going to jump right into questions and get started. So we will start with Sabrina Merchant and SB Nation. Hey, Janae. Uh, congratulations on coming back. Happy to have you back. Uh, I'm curious, uh, we've seen these, you know, Instagram posts of you working on your game over the last few weeks or so. How are you trying to evolve, you know, going into your next season with Sparks? Hey, Sabrina. Great chatting with you again. I'm really excited to hit the court. I've, I know I have, like, a very loud front-facing job when it comes to off the court, but 
it's hard for me to sort of share that work because that's probably like been the most fun. And so, you know, uh, getting back on the court and just rebuilding my body, taking the time it, it's needed to rest, knowing that, you know, my journey has been different has allowed me to just really go back to square one with my game and work on the things that I really need to work on, whether it is, you know, mid-range shooting and three-point shooting, just skill work. But most importantly, the number one thing that I've been trying to focus on is reading the defense, just one-on-one scenarios, being more efficient as a, as someone that's looking to expand my game. So it in like back to the basics, working on my weaknesses, trying to turn them into strengths and just, you know, get back to being flexible. You know, the way I started the game. So it's been a nice reset and it's been fun. It's been what's been going on low key uh, the last few months. And I'm glad to, you know, continue my progressions. But now with the team again. <clears throat> Thanks, Sabrina. We'll go to Doug Feinberg with the AP. Hello, my friend. Good to see you. My, my question is this. All of us have 24 hours in a day to live our life, and you do, like, a thousand things more than anyone else in your 24 hours. How do you manage to do that and still be able to balance on such a high level? And how are you able to balance all this come the season with your awesome job on the radio and other things you do? Hey, Dougie, what's good? Dougie, long time. Uh, thank you so much. I'm not going to lie. It, it's not easy, but I think because my two jobs – and I do jobs with my fingers, I, are really fun. And I say three as a member of the union, the EC, the WMBPA. They're just all passions of mine. They all stem from, you know, basketball. So it doesn't feel like work. It just feels like working out, you know. Um, whether it's just preparing my mind for TV or preparing my body for a workout or preparing myself and thinking about how we're going to keep in strides as the league overall with the EC. But that's the best way I sort of like give you – I can pull what my day is like. I wake up around 5.36. So I'm typically with broadcast. 7 to 9, I'm working out out here in L.A. with a great proactive sports group. And then now building the back end into my workouts into on-court stuff. 9 to 11, three days a week. I make sure I get back in time so I can be sports center. In the middle of that, at 10 a.m., I have my pre-show meeting for radio. And then around noon, I sort of reset with preparing for the radio show because you guys know your girls are just talking about basketball anymore. It's also football. Like, I know I'm getting ready to talk about J.J. Watt on radio, which is fun, today. And then from 12 to 1, just prepping for the radio show, catching up on meetings here and there. And then one to four, you said the radio. And then four to five, I'm sort of either trying to do something like a yoga or get back in the gym for shots up. And then towards the evening, I'm watching games. And now it's forced me to be a grandma. And so I go to sleep super early. And typically, I end my night watching something like I tried watching The Vanishing at Cecil Hotel, and that just I couldn't do it. I had to watch that with daylight. My blinds open. And so it's been, uh, it's, it's a grind. It's a different grind. And so like, that's typically the schedule three days a week. And then the other two days, sometimes I'll, I'll put in more TV depending on if it's a jump day or I'll switch it up. Like NECA got me on the mega former, which is this crazy Pilates. And so I'll use that time there. So it's just balancing the hours. The hours are typically the same, but, uh, it's what I do with the hours. And it doesn't feel like work. It just, I feel immensely grateful to have a position where I can do both, you know, and, 
um, my team and my, uh, you know, team at ESPN too feel value in seeing someone do both. So it's, it's cool. It's really cool. Thanks, Doug. Thank you, Doug. We'll go over to Miriam Swanson with the LA Daily News. Hey, Shanae, welcome back. What's up? Hey, hey, so I have, I have a question, a naked question for you. Um, obviously, she's been here in LA and been a star and been a huge part of what this organization has done for a long time, but um, it, it's a little different now. What, how, how do you see her role changing and, and what does is, what is it kind of mean for her to be like the face of the franchise now? One thing I love about NECA is nothing's going to change when it comes to NECA. No matter who she's around, the environment she's in, NECA is just NECA. You know, she's a natural-born leader. And I'm most qualified to say that because she's led me ever since I've taken my first breath of life. And I continue to, you know, have have fun riding her coattails and following my big sis through every step of the way. And so I don't think anything will change. That's the beauty of NECA. She leads on the court goes you know she goes hard every possession on both ends and she leads off the court you know trying to her best to elevate and uplift and continuing to you know push boundaries when it comes to our league our players as a whole and so that's the one thing that has like you know it's it's probably the easiest answer here because you're going to get the same NECA and I am excited to help be a part of a team that will allow her to continue to shine Hopefully, you know, based on you know, things going on. You never know. <laughs> true, true. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Miriam. We'll go over to Howard McDowell with the New York Times. Hey, Sinead. Congratulations. Always good to chat with you. Hey, Howard. Um, I wanted to ask you about on the court specifically, and obviously, you know, you're, you're doing it all. You know, but you are also a player with top overall pick, a two-time all-star, you know, somebody who has been dominant on the court. And I wonder how much your conversations with Derek and you're thinking about where you are in your career is about uh, reestablishing that level of game as you go to 2021 and beyond. Sure. Thank you, Howard. I'm not going to lie. You know, transitioning to a new team a, a couple years ago, was probably more challenging than I even thought. And you you guys know that, like, uh, I'm the type of person that will try to get nitty and gritty, you know, take the charge, grab the rebound, set the hard pick, uh, run the lane. And so just trying to find my place was harder than I thought. And I think now having the experience, the year under my belt, playing, you know, in Staples, understanding Coach Fish, getting back with my assist, and just understanding – who the Los Angeles Sparks are, what our goals are, the standard that we hold on and off the court. I feel so much more at ease to be able to be me in a way that maybe I didn't know that I wasn't ready for that a, a year or so ago. Or I was trying to navigate that, trying to figure that out, you know. And so I think when it comes to on the court, it's just about being my best self. And I'm yeah. accountable, you know, personally for that because at the professional level, how are you going to grow? You have to get in the gym and grind. And while my time might be a little more limited to do that, it's still, as you probably heard, uh, the number one priority to me, you know, and um, just being able to go and, like, I think maybe sitting in this, this seat and working on TV and all that type of stuff, 
gives me an even greater appreciation to be able to just play the game that I love because like all I do right now is talk about it. So I, I'm looking forward. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that opportunity again and just getting back to that 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 feeling which I know I was trying to find. And you know, any team that switches, any player that switches teams probably understands that. And so now I know exactly like LA is my home. I mean, Houston's home, but y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, Fish is my coach, you know, and I know this team now, you know, in a way that I didn't know before. And now I sort of can approach it the way I feel like will be best for my success. Thanks, Howard. We'll go to Nick Hamilton with Nightcast Media. Hey, Janae, welcome back. What's good, Nick? I love everybody I know. What's goody? (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's always a great thing. So I want to ask you, obviously coming back into the season, you took last season off uh, when the team went through the bubble, but now that the team is back home in Los Angeles. Um, And you watch a lot of film, obviously. You said you watch a lot of basketball. So how much does that help you mentally to prepare for the season? And how much different do you think this team is going to be now that you guys are without Chelsea Green and Candace Parker? Sure, yeah. I mean, it was probably one of the hardest decisions for me to have to opt out uh, of the bubble. And it's just super ironic because we spent off the heels of our CBA, you know, a year ago in January to transition to negotiating, to getting, you know, a season to happen. And to be a part of that full negotiation and then in the 11th hour to realize, hold up, Janae, have you thought about yourself here in this? Like, have you thought about what you've overcome and how you need probably like, you know, eight to ten weeks on the court to make sure with our doctors who we weren't seeing at the time because of, you know, pandemic and like, are you, are you, are you ready for this? And I just think having the support of the team saying, you need to put your body first. Like you've overcome so much and we know that the runway is different this year to have that kind of support really just gave me so much ease of mind. And so watching the sparks in the bubble, obviously it was so much fun to see them because, you know, we have a unique fight that I feel like a lot of teams don't have in regard of, like, you know, just how we play the game, how we approach it, and how we are never consider ourselves down and out. We have a standard of excellence. And to not be a part of that and to not, to not help, and I've been watching, like, man, like, I want to go in there and, like, set the screen, get some rebounds, like, provide some energy. It just was hard for me. But at the same time, what the women were doing just was incredible overall. And so I think, you know, this this new team – might have new faces, and but at the same time, the mindset is still the same. It's, you know, pursuing championships, playing to our best of our ability, individually and collectively, and we've always known that no matter who's out there, the mission remains the same. And so I think that's just the energy that I'm bringing back, and, you know, everyone will probably still be on, making the most of what we have, and we, we have a lot still. Thanks, Nick. We'll go to Helene Elliott with the LA Times. Hi. Um, just wanted to ask, with all these other wonderful uh, opportunities that you have out there and the work that you did last year while you weren't playing, did it ever cross your mind to not come back and play? <laughs> oh, wait, that's a hilarious question. Because one of the most annoying things I ever hear, because I work, you know, people see the TV and they, you know, our amazing women are overseas playing. They always forget, like, oh, you know, there are women groupers that play 24-7, and so, or the ones that are here are training 24-7. Like, oh, like, are you, did you retire? I'm like, no, oh, oh, like, I just opted out this season. And I know a lot of people will bring these questions because I've missed a couple of seasons due to injury. So it's like, not like I've had that consistency. 
But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I never once, I think I never once wavered. I'm always going to train. Like, <laughs> that just has always been a part of my routine. When the team was in the bubble, it was getting healthy, as healthy as possible so that the next season I'll be in a better position than I was before. Uh, it's, like I said, waking up early and making it a part of my daily, daily, you know, routine. And so it's never crossed my mind, even though a lot of people have asked, and I just sort of brush it off as like, oh, like they just know me probably on TV or broadcast, not necessarily, you know, what we, they haven't been following the, the years past, but yeah, I'm just glad that being on the court with the Sparks will give a resounding answer. Thanks, Aline. We'll go over to Brady Clapper with SB Nation. Hey, Sine, Congrats on the contract. Welcome back. Hey, Brady. Um, you've answered, you know, you've, you've spoken on this on, in a few other questions here, but I'm wondering with opting out of last year, not playing overseas anymore, it's been, you know, about a year and a half or so since you've played a game. Uh, and I'm assuming with the pandemic that it's a lot harder to get sun in with some pickup games and whatnot. Um, what's that been like to go that long without being able to have more structure of a season? And how nice is it to have a year off where you can actually focus on the game, whereas in the last years off, you haven't been focusing on rehabbing? Well, I mean, my journey with the uh, WNBA has not been a linear line. So, again, I got drafted in 2014, had an amazing year with the Sun, got injured playing overseas, come back, had a great year, got injured again overseas in China. And so I've had extended periods of having to not have access to a gym. I wake up and go and hoop like everyone else could. And so I think that's why I probably have a huge reaction to not only play the game but talk about the game because I know it can be taken away at any time. And I think a lot of athletes sort of came to that feeling of recognition in, you know, the pandemic, the last, you know, over the last months uh, that I sort of knew just based on my injury history, what the challenges of that could be. And so going into this, you know, year and a half of not playing, it's familiar territory because I've known exactly what that progression looks like and just how to listen to my body. And also, you know, the experience of, you know, my sister's one of the best at, finding cutting edge ways to stay top tier. And so, you know, just finding different resources for me to focus on and just keep things fresh in my mind. And so this is just part of my journey, which I realize is not necessarily the most ideal, but it is one that I own. Um, uh, yeah, and it's helped build my character when it comes to the injury and the, you know, the, the long pauses in between seasons. So every time I get back, I'm like, it's lit, like I'm back. And so I guess I have that same anticipation going into this year. And when it comes to training, yeah, it's not been easy, especially, but it's not been easy for anyone, quite frankly, just to get access to a gym. And so having Coach Fish, who as a very, very well-respected professional athlete out here in Los Angeles, being able to pull some strings. I'm working with state-of-the-art strength and conditioning teams. And they're, like, even, you know, with new gyms that are being built and having access to those, uh, like, it's been uniquely to my favor, you know, uh, just being here in L.A. Uh, and being able to work with, you know, the best of the best. I work with a guy in Beverly Hills by the name of Fabrice Coutier, who trains Rudy Gobert, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Tony Parker, long time, Nikola Vucevic. So, like, those are at my resources. So, you know, it's just been, it's been cool because now I have it all within a nice little, I mean, sometimes to go training, it's like an hour away, but like, Within my back backyard, 
And so I, I really uh, am grateful for that. Thank you. We'll go over to Christina Williams with Girls Talk Sports. Afternoon today, girls signing. Um, so today is the first month of Women's History Month, the first day of Women's History Month, sorry. <laughs> um, what woman empowers or inspires you, and what does it mean to you to be a, a woman athlete? Well, Christina, when are you going to get me on Clubhouse, sis? You say you won't get me Listen, I'll be on tomorrow with Nick. Um, Gina just hit me up, so I'll be on for tomorrow with you guys. Yeah, I don't know if that's enough notice for me, but, you know, I appreciate oh. that. We're going to make it happen, okay? <laughs> Y'all, no, but aren't you doing one with Nick tomorrow, right? Are you? Uh, oh, oh, is that happening? See, I didn't know that was smart. Yeah, it's okay. one of the bigger stuff. Well, I'll be on there. I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. I'll be on the stage tomorrow okay. with you guys. Y'all, it's so embarrassing. I pulled in the clubhouse not knowing what it was. It was clicked in the group. And then Katina's like, hey, I was like, wait, can you continue when I call? I was like, what? <laughs> I'm, I, I still need to learn. But to your question, yes, it's a very, very special day, the first day of Women's History Month. And honestly, you know, I get asked this question a lot. It's easy for me. And, you know, I'm very fortunate to be able to have the option to say my family, my mother, my sisters. Um, Sparks Legends and Celestia have been a tremendous mentor to me. But I just want to use this time to just shout out the amazing, incredible women of the WNBA, just period, the 144 women that have not only held it down on the court, you know, but also, more importantly, done things off the court that matter most, you know, through our collective solidarity. To be a part of a league that is so much more, even not caring who gets the credit or if we ever get the credit, now society is starting to see what our power is and what our voice is and what that can translate to even, you know, going to the highest, you know, stakes in, in, in our country. And so Women's History Month is all about the W, for real. That's It's the W for me. <laughs> Thanks, Christina. And, and thanks everyone to attending. We've got a big group here. We'll go over to John W. Davis, Insider. Good morning. How are you? Great. My number one YouTube subscriber. Thanks, John. He always supports through. Oh, all good, all good. So what I wanted to ask you was, you know, the last time we talked before season, uh, you told me that the Sparks were a super team. So... At the start of the 2021 season, some people are projecting the Sparks to be in the bottom four of the power rankings, and some people are saying the Sparks might not even make the playoffs in 2021. So with that said, what's your personal opinion and then professional analysis? Y'all funny. Uh, Personal opinion as a member of the Sparks, I don't care what people think, honestly. Like, I know exactly what we are going to try to accomplish this year. And it doesn't matter what other people think, where they put us in power rankings. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't count on the Utah Jazz as being number one in the power rankings coming in with my professionals. But look at what they're doing. And is it largely because of them being a super team? Maybe not. It might be more so because they have an offensive captain and a defensive captain and a really cool coach and a pace that works and shot makers, right? So there's a whole bunch of ways to be productive outside of just an aggregation of talent and accumulation of talent. And so that's what my job has taught me and told me. And as a competitor, I mean, all I personally focus on is bringing my best self each and every day. And I'm really grateful that Fish and the Sparks overall through our leadership has allowed me to be able to sort of have both worlds, you know, and 
and push boundaries and also knowing like, like that would that would translate to hopefully like being able to play free, you know, on the court as well. So I guess that's where I'm at on that, you know. It as a competitor it doesn't matter who's in front of you, you know, it's just what's the task at hand, being your best self and being your best self for your team. And there's a whole lot of ways to be successful, ways that are unpredictable. And that's one of the coolest things about the season. That will be the story of the season, how how you build the right way. And uh, I'm excited for us. Thanks, John. We have time for just a few more today. We'll go to Logan Murdoch with the Ranger. Hey, what's happening? What's up, Mo? What's up? I got a two-part question. So, um, I think you kind of answered the first one, but how do you remain a contender with uh, with you know, Chelsea not in the mix and Candace not in the mix? And the second part of it is, did Kayla Johnson come with you as a package deal to Los Angeles? I've been trying the second part. I've been trying to make that happen for two years, y'all. For those who don't know, Kayla Johnson is you know, my best friend. She also works for ESPN. One of the best, probably the best you know, social producer and digital producer, you know, as a, you know, young black woman in the industry just doing her thing, so proud of her. And so I've, I've been trying to have her come out here at West Coast. Mm-hmm. You know, she was with me in Connecticut. She was, I saw her in New York, and so now I'm trying to get her out there and really get this note back. But uh, uh, when it comes to the court, I mean, obviously, uh, Chelsea and Guinness have been a huge part of the Spark's success for, a, you know, a number of years. And now as we transition to, this new stage, I mean, we still have tremendous talent and leadership, you know, with my big sis. And then the the new pieces that we're acquiring, I think you can only be excited, especially, you know, your NECA or myself, you know, uh, with Erica Wheeler, who has just improved her game each and every year, is a fierce competitor. And as a point guard, you know, someone that can just slice and dice and hit you with these pocket passes that are great and just knows how to just elevate the mindset, too, of a, a team to compete, as we saw with Indiana. And then my girl, Zowie B, like, I've always been cool with Zowie throughout the league. And so now having that, you know, eclectic, that, that versatility at the post position overall, you know, with her being a sniper, pretty much a guard in a post body, but also someone that can make some bang. Like, those are essential pieces that we need to succeed this year from the point guard, you know, especially playing fast and moving the ball and humming. And then from the post, stretching the defense and playing a little bit more positionless. We know small ball is all the rage nowadays, right? So those two just are the, on the forefront of my mind. Um, and so it makes me really excited. And Bria as well, you know, knowing her for a hot second in Connecticut, but that versatility and size as a wing, like while many people might be like, oh, Focusing on what we do not have, what we do have actually can hold us together pretty nicely as a team. And I think everyone has a chip on their shoulder here as well. Show. Thanks, Will. <laughs> Thanks, Logan. We'll go over to uh, Pepper Persley with the next. Hi, Shanae. I'm honored to be able to talk with you today. Um, I wanted to ask you a question about Renee Montgomery. What are your thoughts on there now being a black female owner of a WBA team? 
Hey, Pepper, what's good? Um, we're, it was really remarkable, and this is where I say it's a testament to the W players for always pushing boundaries and breaking norms. And Renee, being a part of the ownership group, is exactly what we sort of fight for. You know, representation, visibility, authenticity. And so it, it's been great to see a lot of players branch out and become people with leadership positions that are necessary in our game, not just, you know, women's hoops, but just in the business of basketball, women in the workplace, period. And I know she's probably not like, I, I think Lisa Leslie also had a high ownership role, just carrying on that legacy. And then we've had female owners, uh, believing, uh, Sheila in Washington as well, that have found tremendous levels of success. So just adding to the, uh, the amount of remarkable women that we've had
Hey, this is Michael, a junior from ESPN Radio, first time, long time. Uh, no real question, just wanted to say we're all really excited for Janae here to get back on the court. She's been a great teammate for all of us, and we've been really fortunate to have her right now and to continue to have her, but we're uh, we're excited to see her with her first love. But I do want to ask if you've thought any more about taking up my offer to come and be the full-time ball boy and water boy for the L.A. Sparks. Thanks. Y'all, I don't know why you guys didn't mute him. Oh my gosh. Y'all see what I have to deal with? No, for real. He's like a sweetheart. He said, oh, he's like my second love because I don't have a boo. So that's Junior. <laughs> I can't believe they did that. Oh, uh, well, there you go. Those are my people. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mike. And I know, Sinead, you have to get ready for a huge day ahead. So thanks to all the media. Hi, I'm coming for you for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much.